Thanks for listening. This is Until All Have Heard with Ed Cannon, president of the Far East Broadcasting Company. I'm Wayne Shepard. These conversations give us a chance to tell more of the stories behind uh, the Far East Broadcasting Company and how God has used and provided for this ministry. Ed, we're going to meet Dr. Billy Kim today from South Korea. And so many people know Dr. Kim, but for those who aren't familiar with him, why don't you give us a little introduction? Well, we don't have enough time for me to tell all the stories about Dr. <laughs> Billy yeah. Kim and uh, the I understand amazing that. Yeah. history of his life and his testimony. Um, he grew up as a uh, sort of a helper to a U.S. soldier during the Korean War. He polished his shoes, washed his dishes, uh, carried items for him, and the soldier would give him chewing gum and candy, which is all he wanted at the time. This soldier ended up becoming such a close friend to young Billy Kim that he brought him to the United States, sent him to Bob Jones University, and he ended up going through seminary, becoming a pastor in South Korea and the first president of FEBC Korea. Mm -hmm. He served as president of that ministry for many, many years. And still today, in his late 80s, Dr. Billy Kim is the chairman of the board of yeah. FEBC Korea. He is a remarkable man, and we're going to hear him tell some of the stories of the uh, startup of uh, FEBC in South Korea. But before we get to that, uh, the latest news coming from South Korea is actually a a radio station reaching into North Korea. This is very exciting. Tell us what's going on here. Well, right. Uh, building on a platform of already about 13 very large and effective FM stations uh, spreading the word into South Korea, they have a big AM station which broadcasts into Russia and into China and into Japan, uh, a very effective ministry. So Dr. Kim and FEBC Korea are already broadcasting outside of the geographic boundaries of Korea. But you're right, probably the most encouraging, exciting uh, story is the brand new station that's just been in operation a few months now uh, on the western boundary of South Korea broadcasting into North Korea. It's 200,000 watt station, so powerful that we had to get permission from airlines and militaries uh, to say, we're, we're not going to interfere with your signals. But this gives us the opportunity to broadcast a very strong signal in 18 hours a day to North Korea uh, so that everyone has an opportunity almost all day long to listen to a very, very, very strong signal. And yeah. we can't wait to hear the results uh, uh, of what the difference that station's made. Right. We know we have listeners in North Korea. We'll hear more about that from Dr. Kim in a few moments, but mm -hmm. they are under severe penalty if they're caught listening to the radio. So uh, yeah. it's an exciting ministry that is so needed, and we're very enthused to hear about this new station reaching into North Korea. Well, a number of years ago, I think it was about 2015, the autobiography of Dr. Kim was released. And at that time, I sat down to talk with him he was in the States, and we sat down to have a conversation. We're going to hear parts of that conversation today, but in this first clip, Ed set this up. He talks about the uh, the founding of FEBC in Korea. Yeah. Well, Dr. Kim was influential in starting FEBC Korea, and it was mostly his passion. As you'll hear in this story, he reached out to Dr. Bob Bowman and said, I want to build a radio here in Korea. We want to reach the Korean people like you're doing in China. It's a fascinating story. His persistence is what made it happen. And, um, well, I shouldn't say much more about it. Let's hear what Dr. Kim says. Yeah, he picks up the story for us. So once uh, permission is granted, 
I called Bob Bowman, U.S. FEBC president. Bob, permission is grand. You have any money? He said, we don't have a dime. <laughs> we have to purchase land to put an antenna. Mm-hmm. We have to buy a bovering 250,000 watt transmitter. Boy, it cost uh, how many millions of dollars? Hmm. They said they didn't have any money. So I said, well, you better pray. And the money came in. They sent me the money. And, uh, well, they, you know, I didn't know anything about all this engineering. So they bought transmitter. They they used to have, uh, right now it's all digital, but at that time they had one of those uh, tubes. Mm -hmm. And uh, they had the six antennas. And they they had to have all the guy wire. It's very complex. Oh, cost millions of dollars. So Lord provided. But FEBC didn't balk. I mean, they... Oh, they 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 had to move from Okinawa to somewhere to broadcast okay. to China. Okay, and uh, they need a survey where be the best to you know hit China. So they said, "Can we borrow airplane?" Engineers came, so we prayed and asked God to lead us. So I went to see Air Force Chief of Staff. Korean you were not Force. shy, were you? No, four-star general. <laughs> I said, you know, they're going to build the radio station to broadcast to North Korea and Russia and China. They need airplane. So they gave us his airplane. It's about seven, eight passenger airplane. So they brought a Jeju survey, and they said, that's what we need. So we got up. We went to see the land. Forty-three farmers own about four acres of land. So we began to pray. They don't want to sell it. Mm. Finally, 40 farmers, we didn't negotiate because the price would go up. Mm -hmm. The county commission from Seoul central government said, you have to buy that for the FEBC. So secretly, so he negotiated with all the farmer. And then three farmers didn't want to sell it. They want to double the price. <laughs> so we give them double the price. We had about four acres of land there. You know, I just love working with Dr. Billy Kim. I've had the privilege over the last nine years or so of working firsthand with him. And one of the things he mentioned in that last clip that I will elaborate on quite a bit is his dependence on prayer. Mm-hmm. When I was working, Wayne, with you back at Moody Bible Institute, I can remember Dr. Billy Kim coming. It would have been around 2002, many, many years ago. And Dr. Billy Kim came, and he spoke at uh, Founders Week, and Dr. Joe Stoll and I had the privilege of having dinner with him. And Dr. Stoll told Billy Kim that, well, you know, we're having some financial struggles here, but this young business guy, Ed Cannon, that we've just hired, he's going to take care of all that. Billy Kim said, wait a minute. What do you mean he's going to take care of that? How much are you praying? (laughs) Do you have staff meetings in the morning starting at 4 o'clock in the morning and praying for your financial needs? What about after work? Do you stay after for two, three hours at night and pray? And I I, I can remember at the time just being struck by uh, the boldness with which he was declaring that. Now I've seen firsthand. Many times I've been in South Korea for business meetings talking about how FABC is going to be progressing, what our vision is, how we're going to think about the strategy, the international organization. And Billy will tell me, okay, meeting starts tomorrow at 730, but I want you here at 5 o'clock. We're going to go to a prayer meeting. Wow. 
five o'clock. So we show up and he takes me to a local church near the office there where most of his staff are already gathered. And we walk into this church and the first time ever I did this, it was just mind boggling. Five o'clock in the morning, I walk into a church, there's 4,000 people there. <laughs> and let me repeat that, 4,000 people, yeah. five o'clock in the morning yeah. praying. We pray for an hour before we go to work and Dr. Kim would tell me, he says, well, you're lucky I took you to the late prayer service. There was an <laughs> early prayer service before that. And he is absolutely dedicated to running his business on the power of prayer. So much prayer goes into everything. Dependence on God. He's known for the phrase, you better pray. You better you pray. Better, you better pray. And I've seen it firsthand, and I see the power of that ministry and the outreach that they've got in that community and the difference he's making. Uh, he had a children's choir from Korea. Each one of the stations has an FEBC children's choir. And he wanted to bring those children to the United States to put on a concert. And I'm thinking, you know, at a church, we're going to have a couple hundred people to church. No, 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 not Dr. Billy Kim. He rented Carnegie Hall. He had <laughs> 17 children's choirs putting on this elaborate Christian broadcast of hymns, singing songs. And at the end, he transitioned the program to be a thanks to America and then he asked a number of Korean War veterans who had been invited to the presentation to please stand as they thanked them, as the children reached out to these soldiers, you know, hugging them, saying, thank you for coming and saving our country. There wasn't a dry eye in the house. This is just the way Billy Kim does ministry. What a moment. Well, a few moments ago, we talked about this brand new AM station reaching its powerful signal into North Korea. Back in 2015, when I spoke with Dr. Kim, I asked him about listeners tuning in from North Korea. Oh, when they listen to our program. When they listen oh, to Oh, yeah. You. Some of them been executed. Oh. Some of them been put into hard concentration camp. So they stay on the ground. They are listening. But how We're, do you know they're listening? You see, we have over 20,000 defectors come to South Korea from North Korea. Oh, they bring the news with them. They say, we listen to you. That's give us uh, courage to leave the country, go through China to Burma and come down. Huh. So it's been a very encouraging. So we send uh, receivers. Yeah. To, now, uh, balloon. Yeah, I've heard this story, and I want, I want you to confirm these details for me. You actually launch balloons when the winds are favorable. With radios attached. Small radio. And you send them into North Korea. Right. And it works. They pick them up <laughs> because it's a hot item. And if they find out from the government, they have to be confiscated. Plus, the border, Chinese-North Korean border, we have a lot of people going to China. And we just put them by 500 radio, and all the soldiers pick them up. <laughs> and they give it to somebody. Yeah. So it's a, it's a miracle, and soon as North Korea is open, our plan is build some radio stations. You feel it will happen? I believe it has to happen, because God will not let North Korean people suffer that long, because, you know, Pyongyang was called Second Jerusalem. I did not know that. Oh, there are so many Christians, they close on Sunday in North Korea, Pyongyang and surrounding cities. 
So when the uh, war broke out, many of them escaped from North Korea, those Christians. Now then 10 million people separated. You know, I think South Korea is always grateful for what America has done. Not only sent missionaries 130 years ago, but when the outbreak of the Korean War, you know, there must have been about, about 50,000 casualties, number of people given their life High price. for the freedom. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had the George W. come speak at our 60th anniversary outbreak of the Korean War. Former President Bush. And he said, freedom is not free. Mm-hmm. And uh, he came there, spoke about freedom, liberty, human rights, and democracy. You know, he's the one said, access of evil was North Korea, mm-hmm. Iraq, and Iran, or something like that. So he's been a very good friend of South Korea. Freedom is not free, Dr. Kim quotes George Bush. And it's the same with radio. Yeah, it's a blessing that we have the privilege of sending the gospel into North Korea, uh, but there's a huge cost. As you heard, many people are persecuted in that country. Many people suffer unbelievable agony as they try and escape the country. We get to meet a number of those people as they come to FEBC's office in Seoul and they don't know where else to go. They say, I've listened to the radio. Is there something you can do? And Dr. Kim and his staff connect those refugees with some local churches. They like gathering uh, with other North Koreans who understand their plight in life and how difficult it's been. And I've had the privilege to join them in a worship service. While I couldn't understand any of the words they were saying, there was a choir of North Korean refugees who sang hymns of praise to God for bringing them out of the country, but yet the agony on their face that demonstrates the fact that their families are still all there and that they understand what it's like in these work camps, tears streaming down their cheeks as they sing these songs. And Dr. Kim understands that. And he understands that as we progress with putting this radio station in, he might be putting some of the listeners there at risk, but look at the value of the prize when people come to faith in Christ. I remember you telling the story when you had the chance to interview those refugees about the man who was caught with a Bible. Do you remember that uh, that account? Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember it very well. And sometimes, actually, Wayne, I hesitate to tell that story because it's kind of, well, it's a bit gruesome. But we talked to a man who had been in a refugee camp and— um, he was caught with a Bible reading it, and the soldiers caught him, and they wanted to make an example of him in front of the other people. This is what he. Was, this is what happened. This is why he was in North Korea. Yeah, he was in North Korea. He was in a, a work camp, a refugee camp, so he was a political prisoner. They caught him with a Bible in his pocket, and uh, yeah, they wanted to make an example of him so that others would understand the price of having a Bible, and um, they pulled his teeth out in front of the rest of the people. But the man tells the story and he's smiling at the time. He says, as uh, there was so much chaos, I was bleeding and there was blood everywhere. And, you know, there was a lot of screaming and crying. And in that chaos, the soldiers forgot to take my Bible. (laughs) And so he's smiling as he's telling this story with no teeth in his head saying, Yeah, they pulled my teeth out, but I got to keep my Bible. So the moral of this story 
is how valuable is your Bible to you? Mm-hmm. And in terms of the cost of freedom in that country. In the next clip, we're going to hear Dr. Kim talking about how we can pray for North Korean citizens and refugees and how we can pray for the extent of the gospel getting in through the radio station. How can we pray for you? I think that we not be caught up. So Korea has economy came. I mean, when I pastoring church, we have no cars. Nobody had a car. Now our biggest problem is parking lot. Yeah, I was going to say when I was in Seoul, <laughs> lack of cars was not a problem. Oh, now, so that apathy will not come to the Korean church, I Korean see. Christians. Yes. And then we need to focus upon North Korea. Hmm. You know, I see every day, why, Lord, let those innocent children starve to death? Hmm. How long hmm. are you going to wait? Hmm. And, uh, you know, they have no choice. They got that dictatorial government there, children to suffer, starvation. So how long, Lord, is going to let that happen? But we hope soon something will happen to North Korea so that we have a free access to give them you know, what they need. So I think that's the focal point of our prayer. And it still is. That conversation recorded in 2015 I'm Wayne Shepard here with Ed Cannon. That was Dr. Billy Kim, of course. And Ed, uh, from being in South Korea with you on one occasion, I got the strong impression that the believers there really pray for and believe that there's going to be a reunification of North and South Korea to the extent that they're making plans of how to move in and build ministry in North Korea. Yeah, Dr. Billy Kim and his staff in Korea do everything with extreme precision and professionalism. And yeah, you won't be surprised. No, they're not just making plans. So we talk about the reunification and when it's coming. And uh, Dr. Kim will show you that they have an entire set of books in the office there. Here is our plan for when North Korea and South Korea reunify. We already have FM stations pegged out in the country, what cities we're going to go to, what frequencies we're going to have. We've already talked to the South Korean government about, well, what frequency we might be able to use in this city or that city, and the technical details all worked out. He's planning on uh, the money that's going to be necessary to do that and making plans in anticipation of that glorious day when they get to start building stations in North Korea. Oh, yeah, it's well laid out. Yeah, and we pray that opportunity comes in the Lord's timing. Well, thanks for this uh, this look at the ministry of Far East Broadcasting Company in uh, South Korea and North Korea, for that matter. Mm-hmm. Ed, I thank you. I think we know how to pray now for these countries. Yeah, I think so. And let's just pray for the relief of the listeners there in North Korea. We have life so easy here in the U.S., and, and yet they're struggling so hard, but yet their faith is so strong. Uh, but we want to pray that they'll have access to the gospel and that when they hear the good news of Jesus Christ, they'll come to faith. Amen. Well, there's more information on our website, febc.org. I'm Wayne Shepherd here with Ed Cannon, and special thanks to Jonathan Ortiz and our producer, Joe Carlson, for assisting us with this podcast until all have heard a production of the Far East Broadcasting Company. We'll see you next time.